Welcome everybody. We're in the third week of our series called Living Your Best Life and uh, I just want to acknowledge our teaching team have had uh, some great input from this book called uh, Didn't See It Coming by Kerry Newhoff. Highly recommended. You know church for me is like it's like a half-time huddle. It's where I come to to just get re-energised and just get the strength to go on for another week. And I think today's topic is one of the reasons why I need this and maybe you do too. You know, living our best life, it's, it's really the core of what God wants for us. Gateway's key verse right from the beginning of, of when this church started was John 10.10. 10. I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. Another translation puts it this way, I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Or I came so you might have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Wow, such a beautiful promise from Jesus. Now, if, if you're young, maybe under 30, you look at this promise with such expectation. God wants to give me abundant life. Amazing. Let's just get to it. Those of us who are a little bit older or maybe a lot older are probably a little more sceptical. We've seen a thing or two. We've been through some pain, some disappointment, and for many of us, maybe some soul-crushing grief. We've had some bark knocked off us and we can sometimes feel ourselves just sliding into cynicism or maybe we are wallowing in it right now. The meaning of cynicism is this, to be contemptuously mocking. Ha <laughs> ha, you know, that sort of look as if. To believe that people are motivated purely by self-interest. To be distrustful of human sincerity. To decide that circumstances can never change and that nothing can improve. To lose hope in the future. Now, I must admit that this is a disease of the more mature. So if you are young here listening today, listen up. You don't want this to happen to you. I had a lot of fun in the last couple of weeks because my brother found some slides. Uh, he was a bit of an amateur photographer and these slides have been lost for 30 years. And uh, he found them and we had this slide night with the family and came across this picture. This is Rick and I at the age of 18, 19. Such excitement about the future. We had our whole life ahead of us. Now, if you're over 40, there will be a similar photo of you. I bet you can visualize it now. What were you doing? What were you dreaming of? If you'd been asked to write it down, do you think you would have said, I wish I could be bland, dispassionate, bored with life and totally untrusting of anyone who thought they could make a difference by the time I leave this planet? 
Would you have written in your high school yearbook, I hope to grow jaded and distrustful of humanity by the time I hit 40, and I also hope my cynicism will damage my family and make me impossible to work with, go the pies. You would think that kid needed serious counselling. But actually, we weren't like that. One of the gifts of youth is idealism. They want to change the world. When I see these kids participating in climate activism, it makes me smile. This is what kids should do. They should be filled with hope that this world can be better. Now, believe it or not, even us oldies, we had our passions back there too. You know, for us in the 70s, it was uh, fighting for feminism. Um, there was a fight against AIDS and global poverty. I went to uni in the 70s. I was doing a, a course in education and I was so idealistic. I was going to change the face of education. Kids were going to love me. When I went on my first teaching round, went into my first school staff room, I saw older teachers in their 50s, maybe early 60s, who couldn't wait to retire. They had seen it all, done it all, nothing worked in their eyes. Every kid was an annoyance, every demand on their time and imposition. The ratty kids would just end up on welfare like their parents. I looked around this staff room and I thought, is this my trajectory? How do people go from idealism to cynicism in just a few years? Watching youthful optimism turn into crippling cynicism is painful. You know, the friend that's been through too many broken relationships and now believes that all men, all women, can't be trusted. The friend who's had a few bad experiences with tradespeople and now is sure that none of them can be trusted. The work colleague who shoots down every new idea. They've seen it all, done it all, don't waste your effort, it won't work. The person on social media that is distrustful of every decision the government makes until no politician is seen as, as working with any good motives at all. It's depressing to be around people like that. And it's even more depressing when we take an honest look at our own souls and realise that that person is us. Have you felt yourself losing faith in the future? In our country, in our community, in your workplace, in your church, in your friends, and ultimately in your God? I'm going to re be really vulnerable here as a church leader. I've felt the ugly breath of cynicism blowing over me. Over the years, we have led this church, Gateway. Thousands of people have come through this family. And often they come pretty beat up and broken and needy of help and wisdom and love. And we pour ourselves out to help. Many of you have done this for others. That's what the body of Christ does. But I remember one particular couple coming, this is many years ago, proclaiming sincerely to Rick and I after being here for about three weeks 
that being around Gateway had totally changed their lives. They'd never experienced anything like it. The leaders were like gods to them, so giving, so loving. The big need in their marriage was infertility. It was chewing them up from the inside. So we did what the body of Christ does. We, we gathered around them on many occasions. We prayed. We supported. We cared. And then the joyful news that they were expecting a child. And they were gone, never to come near the church again. When we followed up to see if they were okay, they said that they got what they needed for that period in their life. Thanks, but we've moved on. Please stop contacting us. It's pretty hard not to give in to cynicism, to pick yourself up and pour your heart again into the next person who needs you. What about you? You helped a new work colleague, taught them everything they know, only to watch them promoted ahead of you with no acknowledgement of your mentoring. The friend who said they would be there for you through thick and thin bails at the first sign of thinness. Maybe you were the one who bailed and now you're cynical about your ability to be a good friend. I won't do that again. Here's an insight that I found helpful. You could think that cynical people don't care. It's the opposite. You get cynical because you do care. You put your heart out on a limb and it gets crushed. You do what Jesus told us to do. You love others, serve others, and you can get it thrown back in your face. You dream dreams that you feel God has inspired and they come to nothing. You step into a relationship that you believe God has blessed and it falls apart. Three things happen to your heart in the slide into cynicism. The first thing is you know too much. Kerry Newhoff says this, you've experienced the heartbreak the betrayals, the backstabbing. You understand people let you down. You've seen that some people can't be trusted. You know love hurts. People are selfish and fickle. Not everyone succeeds despite good intentions. The longer you live, the more you know, which is why cynicism and age are frequent companions. Is that you? The second thing that happens to your heart is that you project your past into your future. From all the brokenness that you've seen and been through, you start to guard your heart and you shelter your soul. You start to look for patterns. You meet a new couple at church who have fertility problems and your walls go up. There was a time in the life of this church when we lost over 300 people over two years. Rick and I had to drink coffee after coffee with people who wanted to say they love us but have to move on. We were seriously in danger of losing hope in the future. We were in danger of being cynical about everyone. We almost felt like Jesus wanting to say, do you want to leave us too? We had to guard our hearts from projecting our past onto our future. How about you?
The third thing that happens is you decide to stop trusting, hoping and believing. You get hurt and you apply one particular situation to every situation. Everyone will take me for granted. Everyone will eventually leave me. You can find yourself predicting cynical endings to moments that used to fill you with joy. Even the thought of Christmas Day with the family fills you with dread. It will never be as good as I imagine it to be. You close yourself off to people. You close yourself off to God. Well, what's the good news, Marcy? Disappointments are inevitable. Cynicism is not. We have a choice. I've spent time with elderly people, people that are really, really near the end of their lives. You know, some are filled with gratitude, still hopeful, still praying for their grandchildren, still able to laugh at themselves and at life, not anxious about the future. But some are bitter and twisted. Nothing ever worked out for them. Their families are a constant disappointment to them. Everyone lets them down. The soup is never tasty enough. You know, if you ask them to talk about their lives, there probably would not be a lot of difference in their stories. Both would have experienced good times and bad times but one of them lost the war. In each of our lives, there is a battle going on for hope. Cynicism will win or it will lose. Cynicism is a choice. Cynics aren't born, they're made. Life doesn't make you a cynic, you make you a cynic. It's the subtle decision you make to stop hoping, stop trusting, and stop believing. Cynics never change the world. They just tell the world why it can't change. If you can see something of yourself in this, there is great hope. Why? Because cynics are the ones who once believed, who once were full of idealism, who once laid their heart out for vulnerability, and we can do it again. So finally, how do we live lives of gratitude and hopefulness? How do we kick our inner cynicism? Well, here's the prescription from Dr. Marcy. Are you ready to write it down? One, swallow a double dose of hope every day. Now, it has to be the real thing to be effective. Don't buy the false hope that you see advertised on the internet. Get the real thing. It's available in the Bible and it's called the Easter story. Read it every day for a month and you'll feel better. That's a money back guarantee. Kerry Newhoff says this. God knows the darkness in our world, but he entered the mess in human form through Jesus and conquered hate with love. We threw the worst of humanity at him, hatred, abuse, rejection and death. 
and God turned it into life. And not just life for himself, but life for everyone who calls on his name. The cynics thought that despair had won on that Friday that Jesus was killed. Imagine the cynicism of the disciples. We left everything to follow him and now the whole dream is dead. But that was not the end. The dream had not died, it was just getting started. Jesus showed us our ultimate future and it is good. Bitterness can't linger under the relentless assault of hope. And hope cannot die if there is an empty tomb to empower it. Of all the people on earth, Christians should be the least cynical because hope is anchored in the resurrection. It is resilient. We who, and this is from the book of Romans, we who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit, also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. For this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means we must trust and wait for what is unseen. That's your daily medication. This is your daily exercise. Lift up your head. Keep looking towards the new that God is doing. God is always up to something for our good. Just let these scriptures wash over you. Behold, I am making everything new. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wastelands. And I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn, cynical heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Behold, I am making everything new. Your past is not your future, not when you are walking with God. Stay curious, stay open-minded, stay open-hearted, stay grateful, stay hopeful. God is in charge. You have a choice. Choose abundant life. Don't allow cynicism to poison your soul. I just wanted to finish by reading something from Mother Teresa. It's in my, I have my magic book of quotes, things that I've been collecting for years. And, and they're quotes that I find are at the very heart of my, my soul and uh, how I want to live. Mother Teresa said this, People are often unreasonable, irrational and self-centred. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. 
If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. Hold on to hope. There is kingdom goodness in this world. Don't you dare give in to despair. What the disciples didn't know that first Easter, that first Easter Friday, is that Sunday was coming. Let me pray over you with some words from Romans. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope.